What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday. Hope your week's off to a great start. we got a big episode coming at you. I'm your co-host, George Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Ricky Liorti. And you are tuned in to the Pals Podcast. <laughs> this week, we had a well-known Toronto, uh, a well-known guest on the episode. He's a big, uh, big name in the fitness community. Josh Adamson, also known as Aussie Fit. He is the owner of Lift Corktown. Uh, he's co-founded some other stuff, uh, some other uh, health and fitness-related products in the movement space, and he is a Nike certified master trainer. Josh uh, had, has a super interesting story. I mean, we knew he was an interesting guy to say the least, but uh, we did not expect to, to kind of unpack all these things that we did on the podcast, and it was truly uh, a, a really enjoyable conversation, very eye-opening, and just. Um, yeah, really interesting. It talks about how he, you know, his, his unacceptance of failure and uh, moving to Canada with basically no money to pursue a, a career or life of and snowboarding, I guess. Um, and just talks about the power of, of movement and, and being healthy and active and, and shared some other fun stories with some of his <laughs> clients. So really fun episode, guys. Give it a listen. Check out Josh on Instagram at, at Aussie Fit. Um, and yeah, my pal Rick. Yeah, I'd like to give a special shout out to our sponsors, our presenting sponsor, Cottage Springs. Cottage Springs is a local Canadian company that's headquartered in downtown Toronto. All their beverages are 100 calories. They're gluten-free, sugar, sweetener-free. Uh, they just launched their first vodka water this year in two flavors, raspberry lime, strawberry kiwi. The vodka sodas, watermelons, my favorite, as we've said. They're available all across Canada, but in Ontario at your local LCBO. So go check them out and give them a follow online at, at Cottage Springs. We'd like to give another shout out to our our, our baby, CAST. Um, CAST is the Objective Assembly of Public Opinion. And we achieved this by utilizing anonymous voting. And it's a project that me, George, and Dave have been working on. You've heard about it for numerous weeks now. We're in the beta um, version right now, but we will be launching publicly within the next few weeks. So if you haven't already had a chance, send me, George, or even uh, at Create Your Cast on Instagram a DM, and we'll get you set up on the beta. There's still some first names available, and you can be one of the early adapters onto this new platform. So check it out at www.createyourcast.com or online on Instagram at createyourcast. And Georgie, what do we say? LFG. Let's go. Josh, welcome, buddy. It's good to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, Ricky. Uh, Ricky's officially not the fittest guy on this podcast anymore. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so uh, I mean, I'm just starting you know, right off. Okay, so, go ahead, Josh. Obviously, you're from Australia, and yep. I, I was reading online that you moved to Canada to snowboard. Originally, yeah, when I was 20. Uh, 21 I was. I'm now nearly 36, so it's crazy. It's been a long time. <laughs> well, where'd you get the idea to move to Canada for snowboarding? I, I don't, I highly doubt there's much snow in Australia, if any. I, I'd, I'd never seen snow before in my life. I literally, <laughs> um, I just love board sports. So I grew up like surfing, skateboarding, the occasional wakeboarding, but mainly like, you know, the ocean style lifestyle. And, uh, I got into, 
having my own personal training business back home in Australia, like really earlier on, like I was like 18, 19, I was like working 16 hour days and I just kind of got sick of it. And I was like, I need to have a break, but I, uh, it's, it's a, you know, I, I know we got a long time here, but this story could go on forever and ever, but long story short, I met this guy, he was a trainer and I was kind of in like going, I was on like, you know, I got into personal training and I was kind of going down the wrong track, you know, and then I got into personal training. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm shifting my life in the right direction. And then about six months into me being a trainer, I met this other trainer and he was just into about like waking up at 4am going surfing and like going on hikes, climbing mountains, just all this crazy stuff. Didn't drink alcohol. And I was like, this guy's incredible. And he just has like the best life. And a couple of, I, he started inviting me out on these surf trips and stuff like that. And instead of me going out partying till like 6am in the morning, you know, I'd be waking up at like 4am and my friends are still out partying, but I'd be surfing and like having these crazy experiences at this beach called like Byron Bay. And there'd be like dolphins next, like next to me while I'm catching waves, the sun's rising and. And I, I remember him telling me after like three months of hanging out with him, he was like, yeah, I'm going to go on this like uh, snowboarding tour, like around the world. And I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, that's crazy. I never even thought about snowboarding because like we don't have snow. It's just never even something that crossed my mind. So I started to watch videos. And I'm like, where are you going? And he's like, oh, I'm going to Big White in this in Canada. And I was like, where's Canada? Like, <laughs> and I just had no idea. And yeah, I literally went home. And started researching about snowboarding. And I was just looked up to this guy. Uh, uh, his name was Owen. I looked up to him a lot because it was like I wanted to live my life the way he was. And he was just such a good dude to all his friends, his partner, and just so very inspirational. And uh, he left. And then literally I, I just Googled Canada. And I was like, best snowboarding in Canada. <laughs> Googled it. And Whistler came up. And I literally sold everything and three months later moved to whistler wow jesus yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a crazy story yeah so wait you how old are you when you moved to whistler i was 21 i i i actually yeah i was 21 yeah yeah oh shit that's a kind of that's a pretty big decision to make at 21 i mean like ricky and i at that age were just finishing like university i mean we couldn't even couldn't even figure out what jobs to have yet you sold everything and moved to Canada. Yeah, Australians are like, we travel a lot. If, if you've traveled, we're everywhere. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of pushed on us. Because I remember telling my dad, I was like, yeah, thinking about going to Canada. And he's like, he's like, I've been wondering why you're still in Australia. He's like, you need <laughs> to go out and have fun. Like my dad and my mom both started really heavily traveling later on in life. Like we kind of grew up pretty poor, didn't have money. But then like as us kids i got two older sisters and as we kind of got older my um parents started to make better money and they were able to travel and every year they'd go to like indonesia and they'd go to bali and then you know malaysia and um and then they just started experiencing this time of life when in their 50s and my dad's like we're going he'd be scuba diving but with like 18 20 year olds and he's like he's like i wish i did this earlier on in life he's like you need to go and you need to experience that before you have like kids and marriage and like all that sort of thing is like get out there travel have fun and i was like all right and yeah i literally that was all i needed that's all i needed to hear that's awesome yeah. because there's especially when you're young like 18 21 most parents are i don't want to say concerned or worried 
But, you know, a lot of parents would be like, if you're going to pick up, pack all your stuff, sell everything you own and move to the other side of the world, they'd be like, everything okay? So it's good to know that your parents were supportive on that. For sure. I mean, there's a whole nother side of this that I, I got kicked out of home when I was 17. So like I, I already lived out of home, um, but that's when I got into personal training. My parents started to see me going in the right direction where yeah. I was, I was like way over there, like <laughs> in the bad side of the world. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, that's where it's pretty crazy when my parents come over here and kind of see what I've done and they, where I was going as, as, as a kid to where I am now is a completely different person. And everyone over here just doesn't know that other side of me. And I kind of leave, I left that in Australia. Well, it's, really, it's really cool, right? Because you kind of get a, a fresh start. And, and obviously we want to get into, so have you on. I mean, you, you, you do a lot right now. It seems like you have a lot going on and a lot of, uh, I guess, like accolades or, or titles, if you will. But even before that, we get to that part, like, when you first moved here, or I guess to Whistler 21, was any part of you scared? Did you act like early days? Did you uh, regret it, or right away it was like the best thing ever? Like, excuse my French, but I was shitting bricks. I had, <laughs> I, had, I had never left a I had never traveled on my own in my life. I had never had to make new friends. I, I, and I'm, and I'm actually kind of like, I, I, not now. I'm like more mature but when i was a kid i was like very shy very shy like i just if i didn't know people like i just wouldn't speak to people and that was a whole new thing for me so i remember just sitting on the plane and i was like the plane's taken off and i, I like i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it and i was just like what am i doing like I, I i've done the wrong thing like i don't i don't know anyone like i didn't even know i didn't have a winter jacket i didn't i wasn't i wasn't even prepared for the weather here. I didn't know what minus five, minus 10 meant. I was used to 30, 40 degrees. Like I had never experienced anything around. I've never experienced zero, <laughs> let alone minus 10, 20, 30, you know? So I, I literally had like a, like a light jacket and that's no, no socks. Like I only had ankle socks, like just stuff you wouldn't think of. Like, and even that I didn't buy long socks for, and, for me like eight until eight years of me being over here because i thought if i bought long socks then i'm gonna stay and commit like it was weird but anyway yeah <laughs> to go back to your question i was terrified like terrified i was crying actually on the plane when it took off i was i was, I was trying to hold it back i'm like you know like head down i'm like uh, people can't see me cry you know like i was like what am i doing with my life you know and there's many of i've had many many terrible moments and i wouldn't say it's terrible but like uh life-changing moments like that sorry i'm just i'm at the front of my gym people walk by <laughs> no, no no worries no worries i love it yeah i just picture you on the plane with like hoodie on big jack dude just sitting there like holding back tears minus the hoodie it was a tank top but yeah <laughs> <laughs> love that you, uh, and, 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 and weirdly i was listening to a cold play song which just makes you blubber like a baby whenever i whenever i listen to the, you put coldplay on you're just gonna start crying like a child like let alone leaving like australia you're leaving this world behind you and you just got the weight of the world on your shoulders coldplay comes on and you're like holy crap like what is it was terrible like and i, I can't even listen to that song right now just because it brings like that moment back in my life where i was just terrified i love that People are going to be looking at your, like, people who know you, I'm sure, from the gym. I'm, I'm, I'm sure the, I'm guessing you have a pretty tough persona when you, you know, in the fitness world. And we're going to see this 
Jack dude on, on social media and hear the story of you crying come over the plane. I'm like, there's no way I believe this story. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big teddy bear at heart. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess so then, I mean, even before – you know, before this stuff in Toronto now, like what brought you from, from Whistler to Toronto? Just made So I, I was actually, I was actually dirt, dirt broke, like straight up dirt broke. Like I had 800 bucks. Um, how much was it? Okay. Anyway, so I can't remember how much I had. I had enough money to buy the plane ticket to come to Whistler because I mean, to come to Toronto because I was flat out dirt broke. Like I was like, I need to make money. So I was in Whistler. Google was my best friend. And I was like, trying to figure out where the most amount of gyms were in Canada because I, I'm like, I'll kill it at any gym. Like, I, I, I know this world. I will crush money. Like, I'll be able to make the money I need and then go back. So then I looked up what gyms were in Canada and I, I stumbled across Good Life. They had the most amount of gyms and the most densely populated area was Toronto. So I was like, okay. So I was like, VIP, Good Life gyms, Toronto. And the Union Station one came up. There was one at Union Station. And I'd never been to Toronto, but I was just like, all right, let's give him a call. So I called up Good Life Union Station. I was like, and I was like, I want to speak to the fitness manager. And I'm in Whistler at this point. And her name was Lynn. And she was, she answered the phone. She's like, hi. And I'm like, hi, my name's Josh. I'm from, I, I'm from Australia, but I live in Whistler. I'm going to be in Toronto in two weeks. And I'm, I'm honestly, I just was super cocky about being a trainer back at that point. I'm like, I'm, I don't know what your sales are at that gym, but I'm probably going to smash them. And like, I was, I was just like, she's, she's like, you came across so arrogant. I thought it was a joke. Like, and I, I was just like, dude, I needed money. And I was like, I knew, I knew how to make money in the gym. So I, I got all my gear together, had enough money to buy a plane ticket. And I didn't have any accommodation. All I had, I didn't even have a visa. So I had to book at a flight center with cash. Cause I left, I came to from Australia with cash money in hand. And, and so I booked my flight at the flight center, came to Toronto, arrived at the airport, didn't have anywhere to stay. It was 9 PM at night. And then I just went to the information desk and I was like, are there hostels in Toronto? And so I started calling around, see if there was any beds and, um, three hostels down, no beds. And then I finally contacted high hostel on church street and they had vacancy. And I was like, cool, I'll be there in like 30 minutes. And they're like, just catch this bus down. So I got off the Royal York, walked from the Royal York to church street with my snowboard bag and my travel case and literally lived there for like three weeks. And the next day I went into the good life and I was like, hi, I want to speak to Lynn. And uh, she came to the front desk and I was like, oh, I was that Australian guy that like called from Whistler. She's like, honestly, I thought that was a joke. She goes, I can't even believe you're here right now. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, I, I want a job. I was serious. I'm like, I'm, I need to make money. I literally had $364 to my name. Like I remember that specifically. I got off the plane with $364 cash, no visa card, nothing. Like I was dirt broke. And uh, had just enough money to buy a couple of days uh, or the week at the high hostel and then started work. And that first month, like obviously I had no friends, no job, no place to stay. And I was just hungry. So I'd show up to work at 5 a.m. every day and leave at 10 p.m. every day. And I just stood at the front desk and anyone that walked through, they were going to see me and they were going to get a greeting from me. And I had I printed out this big list of like name email, phone number. And I'd be like, hi, my name's Josh. 
I'm one of the new trainers here. I'm like, are you interested in a free personal training consultation? And I got a list of like hundreds of names. And then it was just like, after that, send them an email, book the appointment, get them through, do a, do a fitness consult, do a fitness assessment, and then tell them, you know, figure out what their goals were, tell them how I could help them. And uh, yeah, the, the most of that good life had sold before me was for, uh, $4,300 in a month. That was the, the record of that gym. I sold $36,000 that month of training. So you crushed it. Just crushed, crushed it. it. All Toronto, like I feel like six years, well, no, how long I worked for Good Life? Four, five years straight, I was in the top 10 Canada wide for sales. And then, and, and then Patch like came down to me and he was like, he was like, oh, what are you, how are you doing this? How are you successful? I'm like, bro, I don't have any friends. Like, I'm just at work all day. Like, I literally, <laughs> I literally didn't make a friend. And this is what sucks about Toronto. And I've been here so long. Obviously, I have a huge community of friends and everything. This is what sucks about Toronto is no one is willing to, like, step out and, like, take you in as a friend because everyone has their own little cliques. So I was here for three to four months and, and didn't have one friend. No one would friend me or hang out or like do anything like it's it sucked like yeah it was it was terrible that was the worst worst three four months of my life hands down but at least it set you up for for your success down the road right for sure for sure and like i hit rock bottom so many times so because that 364 dollars went down because with good life you know i i sold thirty six thousand dollars. my commission check wasn't going to come for a month so i kind of had to like really struggle and like broke down crying so many times. I was like, I have no friends. I have no money. I couldn't afford to even buy fruit. I had to, I was living on rice and pasta sauce. And that's all I ate every day. Because wow. I couldn't afford anything else. That's, man, you know what's so interesting though? Like, I mean, I, we didn't even ask this. I, but based on what I'm hearing, you just, but it does seem like you just have kind of that entrepreneurial, like hustle, go-getter spirit, right? I mean, coming to a country like that, so back to your point too. So I've we Ricky and I both travel quite a bit. Um, I actually did a pretty big backpacking trip a few years ago, and like I never had to be in a random country and you know starve, so to speak, like you did. Like I mean, I've been in foreign countries by myself where I was kind of like, you know, what the hell do I do here? All that, and that can be a little bit daunting. But can't imagine. I'm sure most people can't imagine when it's like to come with nothing, barely the money your name, and have to just scrap to survive. So I mean, now we see the, the product of where you came, so we can. I mean, obviously, see that you're you have that entrepreneurial hustle and that spirit, but it's got to be tough to stay really motivated back in those days. Eh? Like, yeah, and I, I remember I only had I had a return ticket because when you come into Canada, you have a return ticket. And I remember one night, so I ended up getting this place, and the first place I lived in was like a crack den. It was disgusting. I, I paid three hundred dollars a month rent. Now, can you imagine the type of place? Is that's three hundred? Like this was disgusting. I lived on a in a den. Like this little crack in a wall. There was a two-bedroom partner. Two people slept there, and I had this crack in the wall on this ripped single mattress with no sheets that one of the guys found in the dumpster from downstairs. So it was this single mattress that I was sleeping on from the dumpster, and uh, it, and it was horrible. Like I, I literally just was crying one night, and I was like, I have no money. I, I'm sick of, like, eating rice and pasta sauce. I went from making six figures a year, like, cash as a teenager, like, 19 years age, like, cash in hand. And now I'm, like, eating pasta sauce. I have no friends. Like, no one wants to hang out. Like, what sort of life? What am I doing?
doing with my life? I'm like, but I was like, I have a return ticket. I can go home. But the problem is, is like, if I went home, I failed as a man. I failed to be able to provide for myself. Like, and I, I couldn't handle that. Like, I was like, no, like I have to stay. I have to like, I'm a, I'm a man. I should be able to make money to like pay for rent and food. Like the bare essentials in life is like, how can I not do that? I'm failing. So if I went home, then I just failed. And I also couldn't call home and ask for money because my parents kicked me out of home. Like I had this thing against them that I was like, I don't, I don't need you anymore. So I kind of like, I was like, yeah, you kicked me out of home. Well, I don't need you either. So I had no one to fall back on. Like I was just like, I had to, it had to work. It had to work. Like I had no other choice. Man, kudos to you. Cause they say when you had like, when you hit that rock bottom, that's when you, you really characters are defined. Right. And it's something where I hear you telling this story and you can even see the passion in you where it's like, you refuse to fail. You're like, I'm yeah. not going to fail. There, there's no part of me that wants to. And what what were you telling yourself on those days where you're in bed, you know, crying to yourself in that, you know, disgusting little mattress? What did you keep telling yourself? What was it that you told yourself that got, got you through those days? So there was this, uh, I lived in Mount Pleasant in this like government housing like complex. It was, this is the place I was talking about. And I used to sit in the park and watch people play tennis and i still i tell clients this story to this day and i i i used to watch people take play tennis my sunday would literally be sitting on a park bench looking at squirrels because i was like these animals are awesome i'd never seen a squirrel in my life and i just i forgot they don't have squirrels in australia <laughs> yeah i just watched them scamper around and this is what i did for like months because i didn't have friends right so i'd sit in the park and I sounded like such a loser, but it, but it was, I was a loser, but I was, I was setting myself up for winning. So, uh, the, I'd sit in the park and I'd watch people play tennis. And I was like, you know what? One day I'm going to have one friend that I can play tennis with. And I'm like, you know, one day I'm going to be, I'm going to be living in this spot and I'm going to be able to eat a peach. I'm going to be able to eat fruit because I'm going to be able to afford a piece of fruit. And I'm going to be able to have this life where I can, and I just think of the things that one day I'm going to have that. And I, and I knew I was going to have it, but it's just, I just got to get through today and then I got to get through tomorrow and I got to keep doing what I'm doing at work because that commission check's going to come. I'm going to make that money and I'm going to be able to buy a bag of fucking peaches. Sorry for swearing. Um, my sponsors aren't going to love that, but um, <laughs> I, 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 I get so fired up. It's one of the it's one of the biggest things on social media. I have to pull back the words so much, um, but I'm going to be able to afford those things. I'm going to have that lifestyle, and I just kept thinking about that. And and to this day, it's like that's what I still do. Like I was talking to my I talked to my fiance. I led her into those thoughts, and like I sit here who I am now, and I'm thinking about one day I'm going to have that. I'm going to be doing this. We're going to have this. Like I'm already thinking that and there's no doubt in my mind that I'm going to exactly what I was thinking about this morning of one day I'm going to have, I'm going to get that because it's the same thing as when I was sitting on that bench watching people play tennis and I'm going to be able to eat a peach and play tennis with someone. Now, I've never played tennis with someone still in 15 years, but one day I will. One day Josh, I'll, I give can, us a call, have, buddy. Have, we got you. Friends. This no, summer, I, me and George, you come play tennis with you, buddy. So my business partner, they, they play tennis. They're like, come out for a game of tennis. I'm like, one day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting because, like, you know, 
based on what we see and what we know of you know i seen the the what you've accomplished like you would think that okay you're not starving anymore you don't have that so you've kind of made it but it also seems like that hunger and that drive and all that knowing like not to say failing but like not having anything coming from rock bottom that keeps your i'm assuming that keeps your fire going every day knowing that i have to keep working harder and working harder so i never have to go down to that and be that yeah, so with me there is no made it like there is no like end result end goal because it's like for me, I get fired up on the process. So I get fired up on like the things that I need to do every day. So it's like, it's the same when someone comes in and be like, I want a six pack. I'm like, you're gonna get that six pack and then you're just gonna want something else. But what you're gonna love is once you have that six pack, you're gonna look back and you're gonna be like, all the things that you had done to change to get there and that process is what we need to glorify. So glorify the process rather than the result. So I just get excited about learning new things uh, and becoming the better version of myself, like rather than the 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 end goal, because I don't have an end goal. I just want to keep being better. Well, so you said actually, I was looking at uh, one of your posts, and you said there's a more recent one. You talk about you've been do, like 20 years of spent, like you know, bettering yourself and doing all this, put all this time in improving. So I guess that's been your journey. But do you, are you someone who does set goals that you want to achieve, or do you just keep working at it every day and then? Just the process kind of fulfills itself. For sure. So, like, I get excited about things, and uh, and I go 100 miles an hour with it. I'm very extreme. So, for the last year, I've been really like, for the last 10 years, I've pretty much been bulking with my nutrition. I've just been on a constant bulk. I've been, I was focusing on powerlifting. I only wanted to be strong. That's all I cared about. I didn't care about aesthetics. I didn't care about like. I just cared about one, I needed to eat to be strong and that's it and business. So in terms of training, right? So the last year I've like, you know what? I want to, I want to focus on nutrition. I also have Crohn's disease. So that's another obstacle that I kind of have to battle with my nutrition. But so I just wanted to like, really like figure out like sticking to like, for instance, like. I hate saying this, but like sticking to a calorie goal, like it to be in a deficit. So I'm like, I want to, I want to experience this world. Cause I've never really focused on like the calories that I eat, but, and I don't care about the calorie number or I'm not obsessed with that or anything like that, but I care about micronutrients. So it's like, for instance, it's like, what does my body need in order to optimize liver and thyroid function? Because if those are functioning optimally, then I'm just going to be a fat burning machine. So I started like really researching into like micronutrients to help uh, strength, like optimize my internal organs and, uh, and not really care about what I'm doing with training. I kind of fell back into what my first thing I fell in love with, which was bodybuilding within fitness. So I, I have hardly, I haven't even done any, like I still deadlift squat bench and whatever, but like nothing near like what I used to because it's like it's just to do the movements and to get a pump now rather than like I need to hit this percentage to hit this number to like because like I you know my progressive overload and I'm in this wave and like blah 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 like really scientific with strength training the last 10 years and now it's just like you know what I'm gonna hit chest today and I'm gonna do whatever makes my chest feel good yeah, like but that. no goals with like training but just with nutrition more than anything. And right now I'm just experimenting with like carb cycling. So I've be basically been in a deficit for like a year. And there's three different categories that make you qualify whether you can, um, you know, have refeeds and stuff like that. 
So whatever, what body, so I just got my DEXA scan done. I don't know if you like guys know the DEXA scan, but it's like the most accurate way to test your body fat. It's a, it's a six to eight minute scan, like a, a X-ray of your whole body. And it tells you bone density, body fat percentage is the main one why people go. But like, you know, Tim Ferriss and like authors like that speak about it as like the best way. Anyway, got my DEXA scan done and you, um, and basically it told me my body fat percentage, which puts me in a category. Now I can kind of do refeeds and I'm doing every other day. So like every other day I'm having an extra 500 calories of carbohydrates only. So it's kind of like, but now I'm like, it's interesting because I'm like seeing what it's doing to my body and I'm starting to feel fuller and like my muscle. It's just interesting to see like, oh, I'm going to change this for my nutrition and what does it do with my body? And you, you, your body, my body's a science project the last year. It's, it's really, it's really cool. Like, I love it. Like, that's actually I what I want. That's what I wanted to ask you. So like, I guess now your career, your career for, and your, your, uh, your health, I guess, perspective of it, you've moved more towards like just experimenting, trying new things rather than being really like stringent and focused on, I got to do this and I have to do this more so just trial and error kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, really experimenting with science around nutrition and with training, it's just like off the cuff. I have zero program. For instance, today I, I was like, I'm going to bench cause I like to bench on weekends. And then I did some, I, and then I was like, after I benched, I'm like, Oh, what am I going to do now? And then I was like, Oh, I'll do some dumbbell presses, maybe sets of 15 to 20. And then I did that. And then I did some push ups, and that was my workout. I really don't care. Like, this is like, as long as I get some heavy, get a little bit of a pump and like, that's it. But, um, we have been very relaxed on the training side of things. I train at least five days a week, but like not, it not, I, I never get fired up. And if anyone's seen me deadlift or like, I, I used to put that stuff out there all the time. I get so angry where I can punch walls and get super fired up and then scream, throw the barbell around, whatever, just cause I get crazy fired up to lift those weights. And I can, that's why I created this facility is to create an environment where people don't feel stupid to just like go full send. Like you're going to come in here and you just go on full send as soon as you come in, like hundred percent. But now I, I don't do any of that. So I kind of even said to Jess, my fiance, I was like, it's kind of nice just staying at like an intensity level of like a two or a three rather than maxing out at a 10 and having to get fired up. I don't get fired up. Like I was bench and, and a part of that actually is another thing that I've gone into this year is a lot of meditation. So it's more of like health, like really like using every part of the health and wellness industry to create this like overall well-being within myself because it's not just about Oh, I'm a powerlifter or like I eat to be a powerlifter. It's like, well, what's this meditation stuff about? And what, what about stretching? And what about yoga? And what about weightlifting? What about the body weight stuff? So it's like finding all of, there's so much beauty in all of these different like areas of fitness and, and like taking those bit, the, the best parts out of that and kind of just experimenting. Is I want to ask him, Ricky, is that, is that kind of how move coalition came about? Is it, is it, is that what it encompasses as well? And that's why it, you're the co-founder of, of Coalition. Yeah, so Move Coalition, Coalition actually, actually started because my best – so this it, it's, it's a bit of a sad story, but um, my best friend, that he was like a big brother to me. Uh, he hung himself in his parents' backyard, and he killed himself. And it was it was brutal. Like, it was really tough for me, and it's even tough for me to talk about it uh, this day. And it happened just before the gym opened up and, uh, he, he is severe depression. Um, 
I, I became friends with him when I was around 16 and he was in his 20s, he was older than me. <clears throat> but he was like my big brother. So I remember his name was Mark. And everything that I have today and everything of who I am and the good human being that I am today is because of him. I was honestly like a terrible kid. I was a terrible human being in my teens. And I started working at this spot and he was there. And he, would, he saw that side of me because I'd open up to him about it. And he'd just like coach me in a way and be like, you got to stop hanging around that sort of stuff. You got to stop doing that and start being like this. And, and Mark is actually gay. So he's, he was the first gay friend I ever had in my life. And I'd never met anyone gay before that. I grew up in suburbia. <clears throat> so, and, he, and, he, and what's crazy is his husband, who is still alive, um, did dra does drag. So I became friends with this gay guy. And then when I became 18, I was going to drag shows. And, like, and I was just like in this whole new world of like just accepting everyone for who they are. And it was just like um, rather than like, you know, what nationality, what, what, what uh, sexuality you are. It's just like, who cares? If you get along with someone, you get along with them, you know? So, and, and that type of like acceptance is from him. And I wouldn't be where I am today uh, if it wasn't for him, because I was a very closed-minded kid. So Mark hung himself due to severe depression. He was borderline schizophrenic. And I found out literally just like while we were doing construction with the gym. And obviously that was really tough for me. But then we opened up the gym and it was just so much stress. Like I can't, <laughs> I was, I was always so kind of like cocky. I'm like, yeah, I'm a great trainer. I, yeah, I'll just open up a gym myself and I'll kill it because I'm a good trainer. Being a good trainer doesn't make you a good business person. And even though I might have a great clientele, Owning a gym is just, it's, it's another ball game. And I'm very grateful for my business partners for that because we all have different strengths. And if, if it wasn't the three of us, left wouldn't exist in the way it is. We all have our different strengths and stuff. So the gym opened up and took a lot of stress over me. So I couldn't really deal with it. I couldn't really deal with Mark's death. And I didn't. I thought I did. You know, I cried, you know, and then like I was, I was sad. And I was like, oh, that sucks. But then two years ago, my kind of my work started to free up a little bit and I wasn't working these crazy days anymore of like, you know, open to close kind of deal. And then it kind of hit me and I was like, I had a full blown mental breakdown. Like I was just like depressed. I didn't want to work out. I, I was just like, just doing all sorts of like, um, self-sabotaging, you know, things, to myself and and not drinking or drugs like i've actually been sober for over eight years to be honest and but like just things that didn't help me and i and i and and i was really struggling with it and i was like you know what i want to give back to the world what mark gave to me and and if mark was alive i was like what what is something that i could give to him and the one thing that i have to give to the world is Motive, uh, mo like is is through movement is motivation, support, and inspiration. So I was like, I, I want to give out some free content to people so they can follow along with. And I'm not talking people with depression. I literally create started creating videos as if as, as if it was Mark. Like I was like, Mark could do this workout. You know what I mean? Like he didn't go to the gym. It was it was very self conscious. Um, 
Because he's like, oh, if I go into the gym, people are going to look at me because I'm overweight. And they're going to be like, what's this fat guy doing? Like, he'd say that to me all the time. I chat, I was chatting to him every week and up until he died, you know. And he was like, you know, I'm going to get and the last message. I, I go and read it, you know, every now and then. And it's uh, he's like, you know, one day I'm going to get super fit. And I'm going to be fitter than you. And like, he's like teasing me. And it's like, it's pretty funny because we had we had some banter. He's like, hey, I'm going to look better than you. I'm going to be able to outlift you and all this sort of stuff. And it was very positive. So it was like, and then three days later, he hung himself. And I was like, it was crazy when you like look at these messages. And I always read, I go back and read that message. And I was like, was there some sort of code here? And what it came down to, I could, you know, and he was, and then at the end of the message, he was like, you know, I just want you to know though, like, I really love you. Like from the bottom of my heart, I love you so much. And it was it was almost like this goodbye. You know what I mean? Like it was him just saying, Don't, you know, no matter what happens, just know that I love you kind of deal. And so I go back and I read that. I'm like, that's so intense. You know, he knew like you don't just hang yourself out of the blue. Like you, you, you plan this. Like my dad worked in mental health his whole career. He's now retired. So this is the type of stuff that he dealt with. And, and it's like, the, this is, that was planned. He knew that he was, and what's crazy is his husband actually caught him couple of months prior in the in the garage with the noose and the chair and mark was standing there and he's like what are you doing and, and like brett his husband was like what are you doing and he's like nothing go away and he's like and he obviously like started screaming at him and everything like that but yeah so uh, so many stories and i go i go on rants but like the, the yeah move coalition basically started to honor his life and now it's kind of turned into like um and that's where actually the 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 logo. You look at the logo, the icon, and it's an it's an M, and there's different peaks of the M, and M is for Mark, M is for movement, and M is for mental health. And I, I've never released that. I've never said anything like that. But I always look at the logo, and it has the M for Mark, and I know that. And that's for me. I don't really care about like you know people just like oh that's a cool icon. They don't really know what it means, but. You know, there's different peaks to that M. You'll see the M and there's the peak of the M. It shows that there's peaks and valleys within mental health. And we do have highs and we do have lows. But that, um, yeah, that's kind of where that the icon has a lot of meaning to it. You know, that I've never told anyone. It's just like, yeah. Well, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Like, obviously, we've discussed mental health on this podcast numerous times. I've battled depression myself. Um, and I want to... You know, you mentioned that you were going through tough times, especially with Mark's passing. How did you deal with it? What What were things that you did? For me, one of my one of my escapes, I guess, was going to the gym. That's what I did to focus on me. That was my my Zen, my serenity, my escape from reality. What What did you do? And and that's just it. So what you just said is movement is the most underutilized, potent antidepressant that is available for free. It's it's free. And so I, I wasn't working. I had zero. When you're depressed, you, and, and mine was situational. You know, you have clinical and situational. Yeah, clinical yeah. is like, you're born with it. And, and depression does run in my family. My, you know, I, I, my family members, you know, take uh, medication and stuff like that. But mine was situational. It was like, I was depressed about this situation. So I was like, you know what? I, I had zero motivation to work out. I'm like, I'm just going to go into the gym and I'm just going to move. I'm just going to move. That's all I'm going to do yep. rather than sticking to this program where I have to hit 10 by three at 85% of my training max back squat. And then I have to hit all this accessory and all this other stuff. And if I don't do the program, then I'm not taking the steps to achieve my goals. And like, I used to put a lot of pressure on myself like that, but I was like, I'm just going to move. 
and I don't care how long it is and I don't care what I do. And that's what I've been doing the last year. Like I obviously have my days. I'm like, today I want a quad dominant day. So I'm going to do some squats and some whatever. Today I want a hinge day. Today I want a bench day. I want to hit back. You know what? Today I feel like hitting arms. So my week is balanced because I always think, okay, what have I done the last three days? Okay, I haven't hit this muscle group in a while. Maybe I'll do that. But yeah. I, don't even, I don't even think about what I'm doing. I just warm up and I know I'm going to hit back. So after my warm up, I'm like, what do I feel like doing? And I'm like, Okay, I'm going to do some bent over rows. What, what do I want to do? Okay, I'm going to do 10 reps every two minutes for five rounds. And then after I finish that, I look around. And I'm like, what else do I want to do? Like, I, it's, it's very, like, juvenile. It's very beginner going to, you know, you go into good life for the first time. And you're just like, what machine's available? I'll sit on that and pump it a couple of times until I feel like moving on. But uh, and that's that's what I'm that's what I did. I literally came into the gym and I was like, every day I'm gonna move, and and it's gonna and for like 20 minutes, just 20 minutes, just movement, and it could be 20 minutes of stretching. Who cares? And after and it, after every time I moved, it it was unavoidable to get a dose of PMA, positive mental attitude. And I said to everyone, it's it's unavoidable. After you work out, you just feel better. That's a part of it. You do you get that heavy dose of PMA. So. I was giving myself a, a dose of PMA every day and just uh, from that movement and doing things, I couldn't control my emotions, but I could control my actions. So I'm like, I'm going to move. I'm going to eat better because when I, when you eat better, you just feel better. And it's not about like, cause you look better. It's just, you know, you're doing something good for yourself, you know? And they're the two things that I, that I could control. And then slowly over time, I started to feel better. And then I was like, you know what? I want to, I'm upset because of Mark. I need to do something to honor his life. And that's, and that's when I came up with Move Coalition. And this was two years ago. And I actually flew a good friend of mine from LA to film some content. We filmed 30 videos and I've never released these videos. Um, but it was kind of like a therapy thing for me. I was like, yeah, we're going to do this thing. We're going to release all this content. We filmed all the content and it wasn't exactly the way I wanted it. So I didn't release it. And I still have it sitting there. Um, but then I started working he heavy again. And then that kind of took the backseat. Then the pandemic hit. And I'm like, you know what? We're going to release the content how I want it to. Because I was very new to filming. And th that's a whole another. Uh, I don't film myself. And I, I have a videographer and, and, and uh, editing, editing team and everything like that. But uh, I didn't know what I wanted to see on the camera. So I, but I, I'd been through a round of it. I knew what I didn't like with that. And then I could like fix it for this round. And that's when I started releasing this stuff on YouTube, like the newer uh, content. And now we're getting into yoga and I want to get some meditation stuff. I'm actually launching, working on launching a website uh, where it accompanies everything. So it's it's because fitness and wellness is so much more than like I'm a body, I, I'm a bodybuilder, I'm a like meditation like is so crazy what it can do for you and uh and i've just been really messing with that the last year and true wellness and health and wellness it, it's a bit of strength training it's a bit of yoga it's a bit of meditation you know and 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 it's a lot more um in, intellectual like when you start to really break it down so i'm working on developing a package and then launching that with with everything you know that's really that's awesome cool. honestly man that's a like that's a great story. It just took us on a whole like 
that's a that's a deep story, but that's also very cool. That's something super. I mean, obviously, very unfortunate to hear, but that's great that you took that channel and brought something positive that also can hopefully you know shed light on. I mean, mental health is a big thing. We just had like Bella's talk it was recently, and I, you know, something that to your point as well, like, you know, with the gym, it, it can be a daunting experience some people, and you know, they maybe they don't get exposed to the 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 benefits of movement. To your point of something so simple, and the fact that you're showing people like, and I'm a big saying like me as in you, you know, you're a big solid dude who lifts heavy weight, but if, if movement does just a little bit of movement does this kind of positivity for you, you know, even if you can't get off your butt off the couch and you can do it in your own, you know, living room, you can't, you're scared to get in the gym, just do a little bit. And you're kind of sharing that with them. That's, that's really inspirational. Man. And honestly, kudos to you. Yeah. And, and that's why all the videos are small. They're like, they, they started off anywhere from eight to 12 minutes, like, because you do one and then you're like, Oh, I'll do another one. And then you click the next one. You know what I mean? So it's like, rather than like a 45 minute, you know, video is so like daunting for you, for someone to even think about that. It's like, but you could click three 10 minute ones and then you just did 30 minutes. So it's, yeah, it's just like a cycle. I find it so funny that some people, they'll be like, oh, I only have half hour. I'm not, I'm not going to get a workout because it's not going to be a good workout. Well, I always said this, even when I was younger, because I, I, I go to gym every day almost, basically six, seven days a week. Even if I go to just stretch or just walk on the treadmill, I need to go every day because that's my what I do. That's my me time. And some days I go on, you can tell I'm not in the mood at all to work out. But I always say a bad workout is better than no workout because at least mm -hmm. it showed up. I stuck to my routine. Even if I just stretch, I did it for me and my body and what makes me personally happy. So that's what I always try and do. And now with these kind of the – the involvement and the increase of videos on YouTube and online spaces, a lot of people are releasing these eight to 10 minute videos because, you know, I don't want to say back in the day, but let's say maybe five, 10 years ago, if you didn't have an hour to go to the gym, you weren't working out. Oh, you know what? I'll start tomorrow. Well, now you don't need an hour. Do eight to 10 minutes today. Then maybe tomorrow do 15 minutes. Then maybe do 20, then do 40, whatever. Keep going, keep going. And if you miss one day, it's not the end of the world. You don't have to have an hour workout where it's 10 minute warm up, 45 minute weights, five minute cool down. Like, no, get in there. Like you said, just move, do something that releases that PMA. And I've never heard that. I actually love that. I wrote that down. PMA. PMA. It's a, so, so I'm, I'm actually like another, there's another side of me. I'm actually a drummer in a death metal band. I play in two hardcore bands. I'm, a, I'm in a death metal band called Six of Swords. It's a Toronto death metal band. And I was in a hardcore band, a straight edge hardcore band called Total X War. Straight edge within the heavy metal community are people that don't drink or do drugs. Um, and a lot of them are actually vegan. But uh, yeah, so PMA is actually comes from the hardcore community because it's, it's an old like, um, you know, punk hardcore song. Uh, yeah, you look it up, PMA every day. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what, what don't you do? Like this, so you have all of this. You're also running a gym. You're a night. I mean, we didn't even get into this. Um, and I'm gonna, I want to talk about this cause Nike, I'm like, I have a big affinity for them. They're my favorite brand beyond anything. Um, but like, so you're, you, you started this during COVID you're a Nike master trainer. You're, you have, you have Corktown lift, um, and you're in a heavy a death metal band. Like, how do you have time for all this? this it's, it's tough. It's, it's, <laughs> tough, you know, I, I, I just don't have many friends. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally going to say, I was like, man, he must still not get many friends. Right. So hasn't I mean, played dude, tennis I, I, yet. He's got too much free time on his hands. You know, you know what it comes down to. My social life is the gym. So when I, when I, I, you know, if I'm seeing my clients all day long, my clients are my friends, and I get an hour with them three to five days a week. You know what I mean? So we get to hang out. We get to chat. I honestly have the best fucking clientele 
in the world. I love every single one of them. I love every single member of our gym, but my PT clients are like something else. It's like, it's not just like you show up for that hour. It's like, no, we're involved in each other's lives outside of the gym. You know, it's like, it's, uh, I just, I couldn't be more grateful for, for the clients I have. And they all like each other as well too. And they all hear about each other through me and like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm, I'm really stoked on, uh, the clientele I have and, and that's, that's my social life. And the, my band is my social life. And the, and honestly, if it wasn't for the heavy, heavy, like the hardcore heavy metal community, I don't know if I'd still be sober because within that community, I found a community that is sober and I could hang out with all these dudes that are covered in tattoos. Like if you look at straight edge, hardcore dudes, like faces, like all, like my last band, the dudes, whole skulls were covered in tattoos, necks, arms, hands, torsos. There wasn't a bit of skin left in their body. Look at these dudes and you'd be like, that's they're scary looking dudes, but they don't drink. They don't do drugs and they're teddy bears. You know, like it's, I just found this community of people like, of like, kind of like, like misfits. I've always found myself a bit of a misfit, um, but we all kind of connect through music, you know? I love that. Honestly, really, really cool, man. It, like really, really inspirational. I didn't know we were going to unpack all this. This is honestly amazing. And the fact that you find the time to do all this is, is remarkable. I, one thing I do want to ask is, um, Owning a gym right now, not the, not the situation we're in, all that stuff, but how have you how have you adapted? Obviously, now I'm just guessing, like you know, cork down the gym is uh, you not you can't be over through all this. You've got to adapt and all that. Is it? I'm saying you're you happy about it, but does it give you some downtime to reassess the business side? Are you trying to have you evolved to new ways of still being with clients and all that stuff? Like, how's your business adapted, and and how do you plan to continue after uh, you know things get? I mean, like, it goes without saying, obviously, it's been tough. You know, like, many gyms, businesses have shut down. Um, it's, it's, we're kind of looking at it a way as, like, this is like a reset. You know what I mean? It's like, this is our chance to reset the business and, and open it back up again and how we want it to run. So we, we look at the business every day. Um, and just kind of reassess what, what are our roles want to be? Like, what do we want to do? How do we want to better it? How do we create a better experience for people that walk through the door? And like, what do we want to specifically be doing and working towards every day and our roles itself? So I guess that's, that's kind of been, you know, a good part about it. But, uh, you know, I, I obviously miss people. Like I've been working in gyms for oh, like 16, whatever years six, 17 years, I, I'm so used to this being my social life. You know, I don't have it. We, are, we have a clinic and that's open right now. So members come through and uh, my fiance is actually massaging one of the members downstairs right now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been tough, but I guess it's been a, a good in a way to be able to look at like your business and, and what direction you kind of want to take it. I mean, we were looking at spaces on the other side of town before this, like and we 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 literally looked at other other facilities, like multiple ones. If we had opened up that other those other, one of those other facilities, if one of those spots had it worked out, we would have been bankrupt for sure. So everything happens for a reason, you know. And I've always said that it's been a crazy journey, lots of highs, lots of lows. But I look back at all the lows, and they happen for a reason, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we we kind of skipped over this quickly, but how did you go from, I guess, record breaker, personal trainer at Good Life to gym owner? Where, where did, so you said you were at Good Life for about four or five years, I think. 
So yeah. how did the transition happen? So I, le- I left Good Life and like... Patch was uh, mad, I, eh? I, I, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know how much you can say this, but they don't pay well. Like they, they it's, it's crazy. Like it's, I, I, I was one of the highest paid in Canada and, and I still look at the percentage and I was like, they just take your money. Like it's absolutely wild. And as a business owner now paying my coaches, I'm like, you get this percentage, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, obviously they created the facility. He spent how who knows how much hundreds of millions of a creating that facility for that 8,000 people to walk through the door for you to be able to like, so I see also see that side is like, I paid X amount of money to create this facility for my coaches to, you know, me hand you clients. But, uh, yeah, I, I basically left and there was another, I worked in Liberty village for years and that's until I opened up this spot on the East end, Liberty village was my zone. And so I was a part of the uh, opening crew of the Good Life in Liberty Village. And then there was a gym behind uh, Brazenhead in Liberty Village called King West Fitness. And I went over there and I was like, hey, I just, (laughs) as you do in any interview, you'd be like, I just told them like, this is what I want in terms of a rate. Like I want to earn this percentage. And it was something like 80. I went over, I'm like, I want 90% of everything. (laughs) And, and he's like, 80. And I was like, deal. And I was like, I just made like 30% more. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, and he, and he thought he was getting a deal. So you always, like with interviews, you obviously always, yeah. Yeah, I make, you know, I, I hear people in corporate all the time. Like that, let's say someone's making 200 grand. They'll go to an interview and be like, yeah, I currently make 250 grand and I want 300. You know, like it's like, it's what you do. So I went over there and now I'm making 80%. I was like, this is incredible. So I, I'm, I'm really like avid with saving. I save money like nothing else. Like I don't, I don't drink. I don't, I don't do any party stuff anymore. So I'll be like for over eight, eight and a half years. You so got to save your for those peaches, right? Got to, got to get those peaches, you know? <laughs> Oh man, the first bag of peaches I ever ate was so delicious. I was just like that commission check watching people play tennis. It was the best moment of my life. Like it was so good. I literally bought like 10 peaches and sat in the park, watched people play tennis. And the juice was just all over me like a baby, like drooling. Like anyway, so I I got, yeah, back to the, how I opened a gym, how I opened up a gym. So I went there and I was making more money. So I was able to save more money. Um, and then two of our friends opened up Reebok CrossFit in Liberty Village, which is now called Delta. Um, but I went there, negotiated even an even better deal. I'd be like, I'll pay you 600 bucks a month cash. And, and then I'll, my clients will pay me. So rather than paying the gym, I'll just give the gym 600 bucks. And so now they don't know how much I'm making a month because that was the problem with this other gym. He'd be like, he'd see how much money I'd be bringing in and I'm making 80% of that. And he's only making 20. He's like, he tried to renegotiate so many times. He'd be like, Oh, I got to make more money. You know, you're getting paid too much. And I was like, you signed the line, bro. Like you can't go back on a contract. I'm sorry. Anyway, that gym, that gym went bankrupt. Good life. The, the King West fitness. I showed up to work one day. Doors were locked. Gym went under. So I went to Reebok CrossFit, worked in my friend's gym, and I was just making better, more money there. And honestly, it was just saving, just putting money away for a rainy day. Because I knew one day, so when I first came over here, uh, the first girlfriend I ever had, 
I told her, I was like, one day I'm going to own a gym in Toronto. Like, and, th and this is like 12 years ago. Like when I was just coming, coming from the, you know, like coming from like peaches, watching tennis. I now got my own place. I'm kind of like stepping up, got my first girlfriend. I'm like telling her I'm going to open up a gym. 10 years, 12 years later, that or 10 years later, that happened. But uh, yeah, I was just saving. I knew I wanted to open up a gym one day and I needed to save it. I needed money for that. So my business partner, Greg, was the head coach at this other gym. And he was like 30 and he was making, you know, like with classes, when someone teaches a class in CrossFit gyms, there's an average price you pay a coach. And I knew what it was and I knew how much he was making per class. And I was kind of like, I'm just sick of it making someone else's like pocket rich, you know, like you're only getting paid this much. You're 30 years old. You basically, you do all the programming, you uh, run this gym, you're, you're, you're the head trainer. I'm like, don't you want to own your own gym? And he's like, actually, I do. I'm actually talking to some people right now. And I just looked at him. I was like, well, bro, if you're ever interested, I've got a lot of money saved and I'm ready to go. And he was like, interesting. And then we just started chatting and, uh, and I literally dumped my life savings. My account went to a big zero. So I, and that, and saving for me is like my security. When I have money, I feel like just saved. I feel secure. So I went from this massive security blanket to zero. And it was once again, I, I, it was daunting. I was shit scared. Like, I was like, what if this doesn't work out? And I was like, and then I kind of went back through that whole headspace of like, this has to work out. I can't be a failure. Like, you know, I, this is people open up business. This is not like I'm, I'm Neil Armstrong laying on the, like, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah, I'm not yeah. doing something that no one else has done. This is going to work out. Yeah. And it's like, and it has, you know, like we're, we're still here today, five years, nearly five years later. That's all, that, good for you. And I mean, it even harkens back to your, like, you know, when you first came to Toronto and to Union Station, like you, you had nothing. I mean, yeah, when you put your savings in, like you have this tangible thing, but it's not going to grow and work if you don't make it work. So, I mean, you almost, like you basically put yourself back to being broke and having to fight to make this work. I mean, most oh, building I, a lot of work it build it up to go back down to where they were. I mean, good for you for taking and I, that and chance. I, and I and I did it again. So I I bought a pre-construction condo um, last year, and yeah, count went down to zero again. And it was scary, man. Like it's Like like I went negative. Like I went in the negatives. I because COVID hit, and now I've got to hit make the fourth payment. Like I'm like, what is going on? Like I was so scared. Um, but I actually, for the first time, never asked anyone for anything. Uh, but I, I, I was short some money, like for the last, the fourth payment of this pre-construction condo I bought. And, and I'm telling you, when I have the best, when I say I have the best clients in the world, I have the best clients in the world. So one day I was like, I have no idea. I, I don't think I can make this final payment. And literally the next day, this, uh, like this is when the gym was still open this whole talk of COVID was going on. My client rocks up next day, hands me a check. And I was like, what's this? And I looked at it. I looked at the amount. I was like, holy crap. I was like, what's this for? And she's like, you're saying you can't make the last payment. She's like, here's the last payment. And she goes, I talked to my dad and like, they're a very wealthy family and, but just very generous at the same time. And she's like, uh, yeah, she goes, you don't have to pay him back any interest. Um, just make him payments every month until you pay him back. And 
yeah, I, we just want to help you out. You've helped me out so much. And this is, you know, it was just, I've never had anyone do that. I've never asked for anything in my life. I've made everything on my own. But like, I just felt like crying like then and there, because once again, I felt defeated as a man because I'm like, you know, I, I said I was going to buy this condo and now I don't have the money for it. I'm a failure. And I have this thing about being a failure and just defeated as a human being. It's like, and then like she, she gave me the ability to like not fail, you know? So it was like, it was such a really precious moment that I'll never forget in my life. You say fear of failure, but I, I think it's, more, you almost refuse to fail. Like, you know, you think about you hit rock bottom in Toronto, the days where you're, you got no money in your pocket. Instead of accepting that you, you've got no money, you've got nothing to do, you worked 15 hours a day at Good Life to make that commission. Then you dump all your money into the gym and COVID hits and you still refuse to fail. Keep going, keep going, keep plugging through. And sometimes, yeah, you need to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good. But that that's a, that refuse, refusal to fail I guess what I'm saying is that that's what makes the type of person you are. You're, you're not just going to lay down and let someone let life take over. You're going to fight back and you've been doing a good job of it. Yeah. I always said, uh, you know, if this didn't work out in Toronto, plan B is I'm going to go home, move to Byron Bay and become a surf bum the rest of my life. But, but, but then in the back of my head, that's failing. Like, <laughs> I can't do that. That's retirement. <laughs> Well, I mean, actually, that's funny you bring that up because I wanted to circle back to this. So you move, you're saying now you might have moved back to go surf. So you moved here to snowboard. Do you snowboard at all? Or, or? I literally oh, had yeah. that same question too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I lived in Whistler for six months. Now, can you imagine living in Whistler for six months, snowboarding four to six hours every day? Within three, within three weeks, I was riding the blue park, hitting jumps, rails. And then I started to hit extra large jumps. And like, I'm like, I'm extreme, and I and I had I had a huge set of cojones. I was 21. Like now, I like, now I'm like I don't know if I want to hit a jump because I might break my ankle and not be able to squat. Like you know, like I I just I couldn't care less about broken bones when I was a kid. I've broken a lot. Like, but yeah. now I'm like I'll I'll go and cruise and like I can still hit jumps, but I'm not gonna be hitting rails. I've spinaled myself so many times on rails. Like I'm not I'm not doing that at 36. I don't recover like a 20 year old anymore. Yeah. Well, Rick, it's funny. So Rick and I, like, we actually, uh, I'm a big snowboarder. Rick, Rick skis. Uh, like, that's like a dream. Like, we were actually planning um, our podcast. We actually had a, a deal lined up to kind of do a West Coast like circuit. We were gonna go to Banff, uh, up to like uh, Sun Valley, and then probably go down to Whistler. Obviously, COVID now canceled that. But we've been like dying to go hit the mountains. There's no snow in Toronto. Can't even go to Blue Mountain. It's it's. So, so do you know do you know much about like snowboarders? Like, do you know who Mark McMorris is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very familiar. <laughs> okay, crazy story. Crazy story here. Um, I don't know if you see, but I like I've been coaching Sean yeah. Mendez for like yeah, yeah. years now. So Mark McMorris. So when I first got signed, shout out to Mark McMorris. You're a G. So when I first got signed to um, and he's me, me and him, we're, we're good friends. So when I first got signed with Nike. Um, they're like, oh, we, we're trying to sign on this athlete, Mark Morris. I was like, yeah, of course I know who Mark Morris is. They're like, he's in Toronto. Do you want to train him? I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? So like that, you know, uh, one of the guys that recruits all the athletes for Nike came down, a couple other people from head office and they're like, yeah, come. They're, they're like told Mark that we're going to go to like one of the Nike trainers gyms and like training. So I trained all of them, had a great sesh. Uh, Mark followed, like he posted some stuff about me on Instagram and whatever. We followed each other. 
And then I was like, bro, anytime. And he was with one of his couple of his boys, like X Games presenters were here as well. I was like, anytime you boys are in town, honestly, hit me up and like, you know, we'll hit a sesh up. So then every time Mark was in town, a couple of times, like four to five times a year, he'd come in, I'd train him and whoever he was with. Um, but then I got to know Craig Morris, his brother. And then Craig started, Craig came with him one time. Then when Craig came into town, he was in. Anyway, one day I, so I obviously became tight with these boys. And, and Mark's like an X Games, like 24 medals or whatever, you know, like just, yeah. you know, Olympic, like I can't like I can't even tell you his 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 drive like it's nuts. He nearly killed himself in Whistler. Ten months later, he gets silver in the Olympics. Like yeah, it's messed up. Anyway, so one day I got a text message. It was like a group message from uh, Mark, and it was Mark and like a couple other people, and it was like, hey, um, hey Justin, Justin, meet Josh, Josh, meet Justin. Uh, Josh is like one of, you know, he's one of the best trainers in Toronto. You and Sean are going to love him. And I'm, and then I was like, so I messaged Mark on the side. I was like, oh, thanks, Mark. Uh, who's Justin and Sean? Are they some of your snowboard buddies? Like they you know, they're coming into the gym. I just want to know who I'm training. He's like, Sean Mendez is a good friend of mine. And Justin's his manager. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'll go on Google. I'm like, Sean Mendez, because I didn't know who he was. <laughs> and and then he was coming in the next day. And then I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and then Sean came in and like honestly, he's the he's the rat. Like he's so I've learned so much from him. And the only reason I'm into meditating, breathing, and all this sort of stuff is from him. Sean will be like, yo, I, like, cause I'll chat, I'll send him a message every morning. I'm like, how you feeling today? Like to get his energy and then like I'll create a workout based off that. And then he'll just be like, yo, have you read, you know, have you read this book? Have you done this? Have you checked out this? Cause he has like crazy coaches on and every kind of, and I'm like, no, but I'll get into that just from him. And I'll, and you know, he's just such a solid person. So the reason I'm training Sean is because Mark McMorris text introed me to his manager. It's just nuts how it all works out, you know? Yeah. But you know what? Though, like, it's that idea that like good energy and good people attract good people. You know, exactly. if you weren't such a good person, again, there's I'm I'm not taking away from your training ability, but there's hundreds of thousands of good trainers all around the world. But it's because you're such a good person, you have good energy, you refuse to fail. That you know, Mark's like, you know, it's Sean, you got to train with with Josh. You have to train with them. Right? It's also the yeah, the vibe of like when you're with someone, it's like you know, like it, training for me goes. Is, is in coaching people is much more than the, the hour that they spend in here. It's, it's about creating a relationship with that human. So they trust you. And, and obviously Sean, for someone like Sean to trust me is such like a, um, what's the word? Like, you know, it's, it's a huge deal to me because a lot of people can abuse his trust, you know, with yeah. certain things that like, so, you know, he'll, he'll send me photos of himself or whatever, you know, like, it's just like, Stuff like that could leak, you know, certain things he says to me could leak out and like yeah, people yeah. just abuse, abuse his relationship. Yeah. You know, it's, it's messed up. Well, p personal trainers, you're part-time personal trainer, part-time therapist, part-time best friend, a little bit all under that umbrella yeah. of personal training. Yeah. The amount, I, I, every yeah. girl that I train has definitely cried in front of me and, and, <laughs> and we've had a therapy session, but that therapy session is just me listening. But every <laughs> single girl I train has cried. 
cry from the workout or just cry because they just like they open up just some boyfriend experience or like they'll come into the gym and then they'll just start crying i don't know yeah, like, maybe just, like, you, you might have trained a couple of my exes i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you, man, like, you know, your persona, I mean, this is always the first time we've all met. I mean, you're, you definitely are. You come off as a very friendly person. Seeing you on Instagram, I'm like, this guy's scary as shit. He's huge. He does all these things. Like, this guy seems so intimidating. But I yeah. mean, I can kind of say, no, nah, I mean, you're, you're very personable, man. And, and, uh, yeah, it's your, your energy is really cool. So it's been, uh, so social media is, social media is a funny thing. Like, it's, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's funny to like think of like how other people can perceive you to be because I'm such an in-person kind of guy and that's why I don't put a lot of attention into my own social media. Like I just put things out there and like you know it is what it is. Like a, a photographer will shoot me while I'm training and I'll just post those pics up. But like I don't post a lot of personal stuff about my own personal life or conversations like this and people you know people don't see that other side. It's just like this is what I'm lifting, this is who I'm training and it's business, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's why we do this too, right? We, like we started this podcast. I mean, Rick and I have been best friends for uh, 10, over a decade. I met in university, but beginning of 2020, before this pandemic, we, we said, let's start a podcast and just talk to cool people that we think are doing really interesting things, who have good energy and just fun people, like just interesting people. And I mean, we you you came across as interesting just because of what you did. I mean, just kind of blew us out of the water far and away, way more interesting than we would have even anticipated. So it's cool for us to see this side of you. And I'm sure, you know, you have a pretty big reputation in Toronto. So I'm sure a lot of other people are going to be kind of really happy to see this side as well, because, uh, yeah, that's what we try to get to. We want to know more about people's story and what what shapes them, what drives them, you know, why they don't want to fail and all that. So, um, yeah, really, really. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100%. I'm an open book in person. I mean, on social media, I'm, I'm, I'm not as open, but... I, I don't know. I, I just don't want to sit down there all day and think about like what I need to post. You know what I mean? Like I just, I just put out there the, ne the necessary stuff for business. And then, but in person, all my clients know me on, on a very personal level, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that's, what's important, right? Being personable in real life, not just on social media. A lot of times people get so caught up with, I need to, I need to be this person on social media. Meanwhile, you meet them in person and they're completely different, right? Um, Josh, before we do start to wrap up, uh, first, I want to say, I wish we had this in person because your energy and your vibe, it's, uh, we, we got to get you into the studio once things start to open up again, because it would be a, uh, it'd be a pleasure to sit down and, and even do this all over again and do a round two, I guess. Um, but one more question I had, what's your onboarding process for new clients? I, I can imagine you're super swamped. So do you accept everybody or is there certain requirements that people need or what's the onboarding process? I don't really have like a specific one, but, uh, you know, if someone messages me for training, I kind of like, I just like to know people's goals. Number one, um, what the, what are the, what are their goals? You know, and is that something that I can help with and that I'm passionate about, you know, meaning like, Someone's like, I want to be a professional Olympic lifter. I'm like, well, that's not me. You know, like I, I, I don't, I don't do that. I can coach it, but I'm not, you know, I'll, I'll find you someone else. You know, like if someone has some sort of like disability or injury, that's something that I'm, I don't feel like I do as good as job as my fiance, cause she's a therapist. Then I'd be like, well, this person would probably be better suited for you. So it's kind of like, I, I know what I'm really good at and, and what I, what excites me and I want to be excited and, and really get along with the person as well. So that's number one. That might be just like a text. Number two, I'll get them in 
and then I, and, and honestly it's just all vibes like it's just do i do i get along with this person do i think i can get along with this person because i'm gonna be standing spending anywhere from three to five hours a week with this human like i i don't want to not enjoy my time or them enjoy their time with me like can we connect like and that and that's the biggest thing for me it's just like connection you know i love that yeah i might have to i might have to, after this pandemic i might have to hit you up i've uh Ricky's the fit one between the two. I mean, I, I consider myself athletic, but Ricky's definitely the athlete. I might have to hit you up for some uh, for some sessions so I can keep up with him as I get as we get older. Man, why did sure. you ask the question? I'm thinking here. I'm like, man, I I want to come and hang out with you once or twice a week for a couple hours to work out. Like, yeah. Yeah. obviously, the third one is like people have to be able to afford it. So, yeah. you know, like yeah. that's of course. Yeah, 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 it's, of course. it's 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 not very affordable for a lot of people. You know? <laughs> no, no, of course, of course. Um, well, George, do you got anything else? No, I mean, this has been, this has been a blast. I had a lot of fun. Great energy for a Saturday. I want to go, want to go work out right now. That, that's what <laughs> I, like, I had my workout in before, but even before you signed on, I was even telling George, I'm like, I know for sure as soon as this episode's done, I'm going to be ready to like run through a wall and get a good workout. So I'm going to go for round two. Uh, but Josh, we want to thank you for, for taking the time to come on the podcast with us. Uh, like Georgie said earlier, it's definitely amazing to see a different side of people that, you, you don't get to normally see, especially someone like yourself that has that strong and, and very tough persona online to see a different side of you that, you know, people might not have known that you've, you've got that soft side. You, you've struggled through adversity and you made it to where adversity, sorry, and you've made it to where you are now, which is um, it, it's super exciting and it, people will be inspired by it. So th- thank you. Uh, before we wrap up, we've got two questions we always ask every guest. The first, if there was a movie about your life, who would you want to star as you? The Rock. <laughs> Just Love it. He's a Love beast it. of a man. Like I'm not saying I am The Rock by any means. Like he's just like I, I honestly look up to people that uh, no, I you know I, I'm not saying he's me, but I just I just look up to him so much. He's such he's a solid businessman. He's a solid family man. And he's an incredible athlete. And I just anyone that can succeed in all those three areas of life, like you can be a, if you can be a kick-ass dad, business partner, and athlete at the same time, that's some serious juggling going on. Plus, like his, his like his work, what he does, like uh, he, obviously I aspire to him rather than him playing my life. But yeah, whatever. I guess that's that backwards, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love it. I can see that. Uh, the last question is. If you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, younger self. How young are we talking? <laughs> well, hey, that's up to you. Whatever, however you feel. I don't know. I don't know. That's such a hard one. Do people get stumped on this? More, yeah. But different people get stumped on different ones. Some people get stumped on Ricky's. Some people get stumped on mine. Uh, I mean, it, listen, it's it's entirely subject. It's up to you. It's whatever you want to tell at any point in your point in your life. I mean, for even it could be to young people coming up and I mean, whatever, whatever comes to mind. I, I I would say honestly, okay, to myself before I got into the fitness industry, I was in a very dark place. So, and I was struggling to get out. Like I just didn't know how to get out. So I would say you know, don't worry, like, you know, it, it's going to present itself, the, the, the option for you and, and the path for you is going to come very soon. Just like, you know, stay positive. Good advice. Love it. Love, Love it. that. 
Josh, if people want to find out more about you, everything you're doing, where should they go? How can they find you? I guess the, the easiest platform would be Instagram, which is Aussie underscore fit. Perfect. Perfect. So we'll, we'll make sure we tag everything, uh, all your socials, the website and everything in the, in the comments uh, and the caption below. But Josh, thank you again for coming on. You're an absolute uh, gem of a guy. And uh, once, once all this COVID stuff starts to wrap, wrap up a little bit, hopefully soon, we'll get you in the studio where me and George might come by for a workout or something because uh, I, we got, you got great energy. I think I speak for George as well when we say you, you seem like someone we want to be around and hopefully get in some good lifts or something. Yeah, I love it, boys. Appreciate you having me. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain. And I don't remember all of my mistakes and every high. I got alone, no one thing. And I 